He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. O come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Together, Pascha Nostrum. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ is risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 51 on page 403 of the prayer book. Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness. According to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offenses. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying, and clear when thou shalt judge. Behold, I was shapen in wickedness, and in sin hath my mother conceived me. But, lo, thou requirest truth in the inward parts, and shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt make me hear of joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Turn thy face from my sins, and put out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. O give me the comfort of thy help again, and establish me with thy free spirit. Then shall I teach thy ways unto the wicked, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou that art the God of my health, and my tongue shall sing of thy righteousness. Thou shalt open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall show thy praise. For thou desirest no sacrifice, else I would give it thee, but thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, 
a broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. O be favorable and gracious unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and oblations. Then shall they offer young bullocks upon thine altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 23rd chapter of the book of Exodus. You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute as so to turn aside after many to pervert justice. You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. You see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden, and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. You shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute. Keep yourself far from a false matter. Do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. And you shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. Also you shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the heart of a stranger, because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Six years you shall sow the land and gather in its produce, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. In like manner you shall do with your vineyard and your olive grove. Six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may rest, and the son of your female servant and the stranger may be refreshed. And in all that I have said to you, be circumspect, and make no mention of the name of other gods, let it be heard from your mouth. Three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. You shall eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded you at the time appointed in the month of Abib. For in it you came out of Egypt, none shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors which you have sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field. Three times in the year all your males shall appear before the Lord God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, nor shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until morning. First of the first fruits of your land you shall bring it in to the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice in all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you in to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your butter and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you, 
No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the peace of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Here endeth the first lesson. Together today, um, we praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever, world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted, let me never be confounded. Here beginneth the eighth chapter of the letter to the Hebrews. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected, and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be our priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. 
but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant. He has made his first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Here endeth the second lesson. Together Dignus S. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Thou art worthy, O Lamb, that was slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us kings and priests unto our God. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who has given thine only Son to be unto us both a sacrifice for sin and also an example of godly life, give us grace that we may always most thankfully receive that his inestimable benefit, and also daily endeavor ourselves to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life, for the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, <clears throat> in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning and welcome to all. Our lesson from Exodus kind of begins more of the detail orientations of the law and uh, or the Torah. We have the Ten Commandments and now there's a series of other um, just principles that are to govern the life of Israel. And but it's important to understand the structure of of Exodus because sometimes there's this false idea that the Old Testament was all about the law. God telling people to obey this law in order to be in relationship with him, where the New Testament is all about grace. It's really a false um, contrast. If we if we'll note that the structure of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant are essentially the same, that is to say, God, by his own power, without any virtue on the part of the people, saved Israel from Egypt, led them out of Egypt through the waters of the Red Sea to safety. So he saved them gratuitously by a work of grace. Then he brought them to Mount Sinai, where he entered into a covenant with them. And the word Torah in its original meaning does not really mean law. It means uh, something like instruction in Hebrew. And the idea is that God has now made Israel his people. He's adopted them without any merit of their own. And now here's how he wants them to live. And if we look carefully, especially at the at the laws or the rules, the instruction, should we say, in today's chapter, it's really about how to be like God, how to um, how to love as as a principle of being, how to not um, be selfish, just trying to get from others what you want, but treat yes, if your enemy is donkeys falling down, you help them up because it's the right thing to do. You treat the stranger well because you were strangers, and this mirrors God because God picked Israel as a stranger nation to be His own. So Israel now must treat other people in the same way. And this even comes into the way they labor. Uh, six days, you'll you know you do your work, and then here it was six years you'll work and then you'll you'll rest the seventh year. That's what God did. He created the world in six days and rested. Um, so so this is the instruction. And the old covenant, it wasn't that Israel had to do all these things in order to please God. They'd already had the covenant relationship. They just had to faithfully walk in these things. And they, it wasn't even envisioned to do it perfectly because we'll get sacrifices for sin that would allow people to come back into relationship but it was more relational faithfulness. If you err, you make a good confession, you come back and you live in this relationship. But the Old Covenant failed because, um, because it, it, is an, it is an exercise in, in the illustration of human nature. And when we get to our Hebrews lesson, 
which quotes from Jeremiah 31, the days are coming when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, not like the old covenant which I made that which they broke, but the new covenant is I'll write my law in their heart. And the defining feature of the new covenant in Christ is the gift of the spirit. And we have to understand that the problem in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, is because of sin, because of that Genesis 3 drama where uh, human beings rebelled against God, that severed that life-giving bond to the Spirit. And the Old Covenant covered sin and provisionally gave the Spirit to a few people, but it still had a, a population of people um, who were not fully reconciled to God. And the covenant requirements, that the, the faithfulness to the covenant was never fulfilled, so it was inadequate. And that's why it needs a new priesthood, the order of Melchizedek, and it needs a new covenant written in the heart. And so Christ came and fulfilled all those things for us, and now he is in the Holy of Holies and heaven interceding for us, and he's given us the Spirit. And in the Spirit, we now can be faithful. We can begin to love. And this is the Christian life, is growing into that Christ-likeness. Even the Torah envisions this, but without the presence of the Spirit and the fulfilled covenant on the part of, of the Messiah, you couldn't really get there from there. And that's the point of the, of the New Testament tells us, St. Paul talks about this in Romans and Galatians, where the old covenant really reveals the, the, the failure of human nature. And so now we, in the Spirit, um, in Christ, are able to begin to do what, what um, God calls us to do. But it's never a matter of trying to earn God's favor. We always begin at the altar of God in the Eucharist. We always begin the day here in prayer, remembering our covenant uh, filial relationship with God, and then going out to live the way that he not just instructs us, but also to love the way we have been loved. We love one another as I have loved you, the way Jesus said. In our prayer, we come back to the experience of love. We remember our sins are forgiven. We remember what God has done. And out of that fullness of love, we go out to live as God lived. And it's possible in the new covenant because of the gift of the Spirit and because of the fulfillment of the covenant by Christ that we can begin to do this in a progressive way, not perfectly. We still need to make our confessions. We can grow in love, and this is possible in a way that wasn't possible in the Old Covenant, even though the structure was essentially the same. And the defining thing is this gift of the Spirit, which is the difference between the two covenants. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. We'll continue with a form of intercession. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, especially Joseph, our president, Gavin, our governor, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands. They may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better mind. Be merciful to all who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. 
We'll pause here for everyone to remember their personal intercessions. Comfort them, relieve them according to their several necessities. Have mercy upon the faithful departed, and grant them an entrance into the land of light and joy and the fellowship of thy saints. For his sake, one of thy doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Gather the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, then unworthy servants, to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Great to be with you for morning prayer this morning. Peace to all. Have a great uh, Friday and great weekend. Hope to see you Thank Sunday. You. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you, Bishop Scarlett.